Good morning, uh, Montgomery County. Morning's Lone Star. IRLoneStar.com. Montgomery County's morning radio show. This is Dick. Hanging out with Skippy. Morning. And, uh, yeah, excited. It is Thursday, the 13th September, September 13th. Never forget. Never forget. <clears throat> On this date in 1999, the moon broke free from the gravitational pull of the Earth and hurtled into space, eventually going through a black hole and leaving the inhabitants of Moonbase Alpha floundering through the far reaches of space. So that's why we're playing this song? Yes, we are. When I was a kid, well, we're, we're gonna have to. This screen, show was We're gonna have to screen every song now. I, I thought told you. I thought that was like legitimate this day in history kind of thing. <laughs> I told you the moon broke away from the Earth. Yeah, so, you didn't see space nineteen ninety nine. What do you What do you think? What do you, Do you think you're a nerd? You You do a uh, a visual entertainment show here on Lone Star. But the the show came out in nineteen seventy five. So, I don't you, think my oldest brother was born yet. You know they have DVDs. They have reruns. And DVDs. That's such a that's such an old. No, this old, had, that's such an old person thing. DVDs. <laughs> I mean, come on. We had it on VHS and we had it on Betamax. No, it would had Martin Landau, who you know ended up winning an Oscar. Thank you very much. <laughs> His wife at the time, Barbara Bain, and <clears throat> they were the head of this you know organization on the moon. And this atomic explosion happened and knocked the moon out of orbit. And so it's them trying to deal with survival in space. Barry Morse was in it. I mean, I'll check Catherine it out. Michelle, yeah. I'll check it out. Great show. Cool. Had some good uh, episodes. So let's do our little morning intro. So you're listening to Mornings of Lone Star. <laughs> We're going to be here till 11 o'clock today on Facebook Live and, of course, worldwide at IRLoneStar.com and locally on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. So always feel free to let us know what's going on in your head because we're on Facebook Live, so just make sure to comment that. There you go. Uh, outside of that, our special guest today, we've got the folks from the Emergency Preparedness Fair, which is happening Tuesday, September 18th here in Conroe, over there at the uh, Conroe Activity Center. Uh, we're going to have some reps from there talking about that upcoming event. Stay smart. Be prepared. Now, I mean, I, that's like one of the easiest programs we would like to promote. Like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> but uh so we have them i would like that to be an actual don't be in it disaster preparation uh, well it's all about race. it's all about getting through the fog and making sure people understand what to do and that's how you do you call them idiots that's how you inter- that's how you motivate people we didn't know that well that's how you can co- you, you know just call them all into one you have turn around don't drown just, aka a- don't be a stupid idiot uh you know hunker down or don't be a stupid idiot you, you know it could all just get called down to don't be a stupid idiot yeah. Well, isn't stupid idiot? Ah, hey, go go with that. Go with that. Let that thought continue. You're on a good. What's the what's the grammar word for that? A redundancy. Yes. Because there are very few smart idiots out there. Okay. They, well done. I'm rubbing off on you. Well, my mother tries to correct me every time I do anything wrong. So. Am I as bad as your mom? No, because she immediately just corrects me. She doesn't like let lead me to the water. She's just like, no, here's some water. This is what you did wrong. Sploosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. She splooshes um, you with the water. But yeah, so outside of those folks coming in at ten o'clock, we're gonna have our our reoccurring person who's running for county judge, uh, Jay Silberg, will be in the studio. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Uh, we left off a good comment last time he was in, so hopefully we'll learn more about the water problem we've been facing, or people have been telling me that we've been facing. I don't really know. I've I've seen a couple bills. Like, I've seen my bill, 
But then again, it's just Holly and I, and we don't really water the yard as much as, like, I imagine an average household does because our yard's pretty small. I, it goes beyond. So, I mean, yeah. I don't really know if they're like, – we're going to learn all about it, I hope. Yeah, I the hope. cost of your bills are but one aspect of the issues going I on hope. in the uh, in the water news here. I hope we learn about it, so that's what we're going to be doing. And, uh, yeah, so that's a very exciting kind of full day. We don't have any guests tomorrow so far, so if uh, you know anybody that wants to stop by tomorrow, let us know, mwls at irlonestar.com or Facebook message us. We're actually looking for more guests for the rest of the month. Uh, because we got October for some reason, like I, this is one of the. I guess it's, I guess it's it's part of going, part of being a bigger show every week. Like we're getting more and more people checking us out. Mm-hmm. But when people come on, they're like, "Oh, I'll come on in two months," and I'm like, "Man, how do we get people on today?" Do we scare them? Do you think? I don't do they know. Feel, well, are we so advanced that they feel they need to prepare for us? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on, and uh, today's going to be a good day. So today's show, uh, obviously, is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, Conroe Coffee, and Jay Stilberg for County Judge. Um, outside that, there we go. We got some weather and traffic going on here. Well, the traffic's fine. Is traffic fine? I don't know. I'm just Right now, weather's fine. It's kind of the, maybe the calm before the storm. It's currently... Ah, oh, 74 degrees. Nice. Um, actually, in Conroe, 76. It's moved up a couple of degrees. Uh, high okay. today, only 85. It's going to go up another 9 degrees. About 2 o'clock in the Conroe area. Expect about 60% chance of storms that are going to increase for the next few hours, but going away right around sunset at 7.28 p.m. Got storms off and on all week, all weekend long. Uh, but Monday and Tuesday of next week, looks like we can get a respite. Uh, highs going back into the 90s, low 90s instead of the 80s. Uh, but then more storms next week. That's locally. And, of course, everyone uh, keep tuned in about uh, Florence. Flow heading into the uh, the Carolinas there. It's been downgraded. Right now it's at a Category 2, which is still you know formidable, but beats the pants off a of Category 4 or 5. Or if you were beats the pants off of it, folks. Or if you were a Sci-Fi Channel show, Category Six. All right, uh, let's do a little couple news breaks and things. A little announcements. If uh, if you have announcements that you need us to say, we we're starting to organize that. And I have two things in front of me. If you don't remember, uh, we had Questco in a while back, and they were talking about their sixth annual Heroes Luncheon, supporting all those first responders over by uh, twenty eight fifty four. And they're inviting all first responders free of charge. They want you to come get some barbecue. Uh, there's a raffle. There's music and all that kind of stuff. That's happening today, folks. So if you're a first responder or you know a first responder, send that person a text and say, Hey, man, you need to get over to the 6th Annual Heroes Luncheon over off 2854 uh, at Questco. Or you can just look up Questco Conroe, and I think they, they're they holding it at their office. Cool. Spell out Questco so people It's know. Quest CO. Like Johnny Quest. Like Johnny Quest, CO. Uh, and the location is, like I said, it's on 2054. It's at 100 Commercial Circle, Building B. Uh, all first responders, free food. So, that mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's everyone's like, all right, yeah, we get it. We get it. Right? <laughs> uh, another announcement uh, the CDAA Conroe Downtown Area Association is looking for cook off teams. They uh, were filling out. They're filling out the rest of their cook-off teams on October sixth. There's the Main Street Steak and Chili Cook-off. Uh, basically, 
chili and steak. So there's that's happening in downtown Connor on October 6th. They're trying to fill out the rest of the cook-off team. So if you're interested in the cook-off teams, visit Conroe Downtown Area Association.com or contact Ron Sikowski at 713-252-3229. If you want that information again, just message on Facebook and I'll send it to you. But uh yeah. That's gonna be fun. I'm actually they invited us to, they invited us right to this. Uh yeah, they did. I hope so, because maybe we'll go. Uh, maybe it's uh a party and it's Thursday. Right? Is there a bad time to have a party? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, but yeah, and we're on Facebook. I'm reading right now. Apparently, it's somebody's birthday. We gotta say happy birthday to somebody. It's many we, people's birthday. We don't do that right now, though, Misty. We'll we'll wait till we do that. Okay. You gotta want it. Yeah. You gotta want you gotta, it. You gotta. You, gotta, no, as you Tom, want us to do as it. As Tom Hanks would say, it. Earn it. Earn this. Earn this. Sorry, earn man. It. I always mess up that line. Well, well, he says both. You know, you gotta write it. earn this. Earn it. And then somehow they got Matt Damon's grandfather to play his older self. Was that his grandfather? I have no idea. But oh, I was like about it. to say, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, we got to take our first break. It is 9-11 right now. We're going to go make sure the moon's still in orbit. Yeah, and uh, don't forget, we got the emergency preparedness folks coming in a little bit, but we got one more segment, so feel free to give us a topic or whatever. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star. I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure. I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Stittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star. Facebook Live. Lone Star Community Radio. Conroe's FM 104.5, and IRLoneStar.com. Feel free to message us on Facebook. Don't forget, we got our friends from the Emergency Preparedness Fair coming in. And, uh, yeah, so that's exciting. That's going to come up here in about 10 minutes or so. 
And, uh, yeah. So, we got a segment here we can kind of talk about. And I know we were chatting about local news. Okay. And uh, a lot of people have been getting arrested for really bad things. Yeah. And so, I, I have a question. And a lot of the bad things these days... Like uh, the Harvey Weinstein tapes are being released. Finally, you know, I was saying that when this first happened and, you know, it spanned like a 30-year career of him being a horrible person. It's like, there's got to be something. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something. And a video was released. But I, I wanted to ask you, because you know a lot more about the actual, you know, hammer to the gavel thingy. Like, you know, going to... Gavel banging. Yeah, gavel banging part of accusations and things. Do you think with... All this emotion and outcry, do you think the law is going to evolve on these specific cases? Like, for example, like, uh, what's his name? Kevin Spacey, clearly he's been publicly shamed. But he's Mm -hmm. never going to be, like, in front of a jury. He might be, maybe, if somebody... If there is a count of a crime that... But it happened so long ago. Well, that's the thing, there's a statute of limitations for a reason, and that's um, you got to have a ticking clock uh, in, in the American ju- judicial system. You can't have it to where okay, this happened to me when I was three years old, no, yeah, not when I'm 98. You, so we know that. So do you see the law changing down the road? Not tomorrow. I'm thinking like 50 years from now. Do you think they're going to have a lot more leniency on certain things that there is proof? So like, for example, don't explain it. Can't explain it. We have video proof of this happening, but. For some reason, I chose to keep it quiet for 20 years. So the statute of limitations is 20 years, and on 21 years, I release the yeah the tape. There could actually be legal recourses in place for that. If you're holding on to evidence of a crime, then you can be charged for conspiracy. But I'm so, well, I'm so traumatic. It was such a traumatic event. Oh, if you're the victim. I'm the victim. Oh, and I I'm see like, I really don't want to talk about it. I don't really want to know about it. But then a resurgence of confidence from the public. It's like, you need to come out with it. You need to speak about it. I'm like, okay. Because I, I, I see I see a lot of people are going to be really pissed off because these the I would say the headhunters, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey's and the the other world were like people want to see justice done to these people, but I don't think there will be right now. If if the counts they're accused of happened outside of the statute of limitations, then from a judicial point of view, no. Okay. Now, don't forget there are also different standards. Between there's like civil suits, civil and criminal. But I'm talking like jail time. I'm not. I'm at more of like the public view of like this is how justice is done. But I, I have this sneaky feeling that that might change the way the courts will work. And then like and, and I, like again, not tomorrow. Like a hundred years from now, I can see it being very victim heavy assurance. Like if you're a victim, they have a really great way to get this guy or girl. The law is always evolving which is you know why we have a supreme court uh and they can revisit issues and you know think about my my thought was we we we, today we questioned well what do the framers mean by cruel and unusual punishment well here's the thing back when those were written you could tar and feather people so it's like okay then that meant that they didn't feel tar and feathering was cruel and unusual so let's tar and feather people um of course, I, I'm being half a. Well, I always feel it's weird that you base it off something so just so you can get away with whatever you already want to do. Like you are, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you go. I mean, like I, I guess there is there are consequences in the world. Hey, what are you doing? I'm I'm waving at uh, a nice lady outside my window who's going to be walking in here in just a couple of minutes. Okay. All right. 
Yes, Miss Victoria was, was okay, waving at me. But no, I, I feel I mean, me people too. people are going to want to do those things regardless, and they don't need they don't. I mean, because like for example, we were watching uh, this thing about uh, the death penalty in the United States and how now it's becoming an issue because the we only get certain drugs for the for issuing the death penalty from other countries who are now refusing to release those drugs. Okay. And so the states are trying to figure out a way to get around it. That bullet works just as well and, in my books. Uh, well, I know that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, how, how, did we get this com- how did we get this complicated about ending a person's life? And when it came down to the specifics of what kind of drugs we can use and what's the process. You mean like someone on death row, why do they swab his arm with alcohol before they put the needle in? Yeah. Well, that is in case this is a last-minute reprieve. I mean... There, there are protocols. Now, I am all for the death penalty, and I know that does make me popular with a lot of people. However, it should not be taken lightly. I don't, I don't say, hey, hang them all up and let God sort it out. I think the standards for a death penalty case need to be increased even higher, especially in this day of, of DNA and better technology. Yeah. That if someone is on death row right now, let's say they've been on death row 30 years. First off, 30 years is way too long. Okay. But let's say there's new technology, DNA, that can get them out. In fact, I have a story. No, about- Joe, Joe Rogan interviewed a dude who's in on death row for like 20 years, and DNA got him off. The dude, it's it's the weirdest story. Well, in a little bit, I'm going to be talking about Clarence Brandley, who was on death row for 30 years. Yeah. Um, and was released, and unfortunately passed away of pneumonia, but he was in the middle of after 30 some odd years getting them to reopen the investigation because it was a black guy uh, accused of rape murder of white girls. Um, there were six janitors at this school. He was the only black one. The other five stood up for, you know, gave accounting for each other. There was Caucasian hair found on the victim, but, and so he, he apparently was railroaded. The first trial ended up in a, in a mistrial. And then they, in the in 1980, and then there was a second trial, all white jury, sent him up the river. So that you know, that's why I say death penalty. In cases of import like that, the the standard needs to go higher. If someone's on death row for 20, 30 years, and let's say there's DNA evidence that could have been collected or is collected but was never run through the test, then now's the time to do it. You know, take the. Some people say, you know, well, only one innocent person needs to be killed to to negate the whole death penalty case. I I don't go that far, but you want to take that argument away from people. You want to make sure if someone is paying a capital punishment for a capital crime, you have to be sure this needs to go beyond just a reasonable doubt, in my opinion. Uh, So I think think laws will always change a very mutable, Mm -hmm. um, you know, prohibition, no prohibition, um, um, Name every every topic. Well, prohibition, you want. no prohibition, to me is it's more black and white. I'm talking about like they're gonna word the laws to give more advantage to one party or another. Like for example, you know how long it's been, and this is just a light case. Like you know when it comes to child custody, child custody laws have been changing all the time depending on state to state. And mm-hmm. you would argue now it's like known that pretty much most of the time it goes to the lady. No, actually, the, that's the change. But uh, now it's changed. No, that's what I'm saying. Now, now it's slowly more, going. More, more judges 50, are going. 50. Yeah, half and half because studies have come out saying children are better adjusted, and, and the parents actually become better adjusted with each other. If there's a sense of, well, I'm just not the Disney dad, or I'm not the weekend yeah. mom, or something. And so, yeah, the laws change as a result. So, in regards to let's say sexual assault cases, uh, yeah, the law is mutable. 
you do want to see it's a fine line to say if you give the advantage to the victim to say okay anything they say you know you has to be true that opens it up for a non-victim to claim victimhood to just throw that away well, I mean, there has to be checks there's gotta be yeah there's gonna be abuse of it but uh yes yeah, 924 we gotta take a break because we got our guests so, did you know we're gonna have a emergency preparedness fair what a great transition no stay tell me smart about it. be prepared coming tuesday september 18th don't be a stupid idiot so yeah, don't be a stupid that's 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 gonna be our marketing push for this don't be a stupid idiot uh we're gonna have those folks in so we're gonna transition the studio we'll be back shortly after this on mornings lone star I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure. I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Stittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star 927. Broadcasting live on IRLoneStar.com worldwide. Facebook live on Morning's Lone Star. And of course, Conros FM 104.5, 106.1. Welcome back. We got the Emergency Preparedness Fair friends in the studio. Very excited to learn more about this upcoming event. So, Sean, who do we have with us? Dick, we have Cassie Laughlin, who's the merch management specialist for the Conroe. Is this Department. the Price is Right? That's right. I'm this is Johnny Barton here. Come on down, Cassie. You're the next contestant on Don't Be a Stupid Idiot. And we also have Victoria Ensley here. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Good morning, everybody. Get right up on that microphone. Don't yeah. be afraid of it. Good morning. There, oh, there you go. We can hear it. You can bring it to you. Yeah, you really want to get close to it. There we go. There, there we, we are. Hello. Hello. All right, so... Happening, folks, in the Conroe area is the Emergency Preparedness Fair happening on Tuesday, September 18th. And there's another one coming, if you missed that one, on Saturday, November 3rd from 3 to 7 at the Conroe Activity Center. It's free to the public. 
They're going to have raffle vendors, demos, uh, refreshments, smart 911 sign-up assistance, and I actually want to learn more about that when we get this going. But uh, this is the first time they're doing this, and from what I'm understanding, it's just general education for the folks here in Conroe and Montgomery County about what to do when an emergency happens, like any emergency, you'd say? Yeah, so we're actually going to have a lot of information on basic safety, home fire safety, and uh, disaster preparedness. So the next time we get another big storm, like what's coming up in the Gulf to South Texas right now, uh, you're prepared. We don't want you to not know what to do when a disaster happens. And this is a great opportunity. We're going to have tons of different uh, organizations that help during disasters or have basic safety information. We're going to have EMS there, fire, police. Uh, the Red Cross is going to be there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we are also even going to Don't have be so nervous. We don't bite much. <laughs> We're also going to have PetSmart there. They don't have any dogs or cats or anything with them that might bite, but they're going to talk about pet safety as well. Um, we have been very lucky to have several uh of these other organizations donate items for raffle. So Kroger, the Amateur Radio Emergency Service of uh, Montgomery County, uh, Sam Houston State and PetSmart have all donated items. So our raffle will be you fill out a kind of like a bingo card mm -hmm. saying that you've been to every booth, that you've signed up for Smart 911, and I'll get a little bit more into that in a little bit. And then you're entered in for this raffle, and the prizes for the raffle are valued up to $150. So we're really excited to have this, uh, hoping we get a pretty good turnout. So uh, beyond PetSmart, who else has uh, helped you sponsoring? Because this is the first one, right? This is the inaugural fair. Yes, this is our very first one. We're really excited to have this. Um, Kroger donated, uh, the Amateur Radio Sur Emergency Service Group has donated. Uh, Sam Houston State University is donating. Uh, some of the prizes. Um, we are also going to have tons of other booths there. Uh, Tri-County has a Texas Recovering Together group that's going to be there providing more information about how Texans can help each other recover from disasters. Um, I've, got, I've got about 15 to 20 different groups that are actually going to have booths at this fair. Wow. You should get like Bob's <laughs> Pool Supply to, to be a sponsor. They can give out those noodles. You can like float down the streets as they float up. As long as you got a noodle, you can float through the water burger drive through your right. Fine. Those noodles are like lifesavers. You can like weave them together to make a little noodle raft and all kinds of stuff. And they're neon, so you can you know helicopters and spot them from the air. Yeah, this is what I think about at night when the storms come. What about you, Dick? You should just give us the safety list. You know the I, things that <laughs> we need to be prepared. Pool noodles. Yeah, number one, don't buy a house in my I, neighborhood. I just, <laughs> you, just, you just go to Amazon and buy a bunch of MREs. I, man, I got to say from when I was... They're pretty good these days. I'm just letting you back know. Back from my days when I did time, uh, the RAF, they're, they're, well, they were called... You did time? What do you mean you did time? In the military. Okay. Uh, the, I was like, what? The Royal Air Force sea rations were, oh my gosh, they were horrible. We had like mock turtle, powdered mock turtle soup. And it, oh, it was horrible. But the MREs today, because we got some after we flooded, you know, they dropped yeah. them off. These are like the coolest things. They're like self-heating. I had like veal parmesan. Yeah, we would take those little heating packets and you throw them in like uh, two-liter bottles and close it and they blow up. It's really, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. But now um, we're no longer stupid idiots, so yeah. we don't do that, right? I wouldn't suggest doing that for safety. 
No, <laughs> no. Well, it's like about you to entertain people while you know you're bored. Yeah, there's no power. TV's out. You know, you don't have analog TV anymore, and you're battery powered. Thanks a lot, President Bush, on that one. We got board games, cards. That's a little bit. More well, you got to light fires to see them in the dark. So. <laughs> Well, we got this. One thing I have a question about the preparedness fair is uh, probably the main focus will be flooding because of Harvey. But yes. there's got to be other emergencies out there that a lot of people don't foresee happening. And then it's like, oh, now we're stuck. So like, I know it's been a few years since we've had the threat of wildfire, but it's still a mm-hmm. threat. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly at this moment, but uh, we've been getting a little bit too much rain to worry about that right now but it's still a threat that we address every year um the tri-county fires that happened several years ago uh, have happened long enough ago that i think people are starting to forget about it but wildfires are still uh, something that we need to think about when we're planning for preparedness uh hurricanes yes we've seen flooding but there's also more to hurricanes than just flooding uh, we, well, Ike showed that. Yeah, I live in the woodlands, and so we lost. Uh, the, the, for a while, we were called the woodland because we <laughs> lost so many trees. Yeah, uh, the winds from the hurricanes can can be be pretty devastating. There's tornadoes that you can get, and you can get those tornadoes regardless of whether it's a hurricane or a regular storm. Um, so, can we get a bunker at this fair? <laughs> I feel like I, that's what you're basically telling me. Like to, the, the, the ultimate <laughs> yeah, preparedness is just big a hole, dig a hole in the ground and put a bunker in, folks. It's like watching the TV show Disaster Preppers. Yeah, yeah, bug out bags and everything. Yeah, they call me crazy now, but wait, wait till it hits <laughs> the fan. I'm gonna throw it over to Victoria for a bit, and, and for for listener Bert, this is Victoria Ensley with an uh, E and a D, not Hensley. His name's Hensley, and he he thought uh, you may have been like some long lost niece or something. So he sorry, con- sorry he, to do that. He to constantly asks that. Husband's, yeah, you know, last name. There but. you go. <laughs> so you maybe maybe back in you know four thousand years ago in Africa, who knows? Maybe Perhaps, maybe yeah. there was a in law situation. But uh, so <laughs> Victoria, uh, what's the kind of like the chain of command? Uh, something goes down here mm-hmm. in, in the Conroe area, or Montgomery County area. The, you know, we can specify Conroe. How does the word get out? What goes down when and where? Well, I think we'll kind of both answer this Um, we open our emergency operations center and immediately essential personnel go there and we start to um, distribute the information to the media we start to let the different departments know what we're um, preparing for even days before the event actually happens if you want to elaborate a little bit more because that's kind of your area so I'm just going to talk about uh, how, how we prepared for and then responded to Harvey Uh, since that was our most recent real response. Uh, For days ahead, we knew that it was coming. We knew something was going to happen. We didn't know the extent of how bad it would be, but we knew that there was a risk for something. So for the week ahead, we uh, prepped all of our uh, departments. Our public works department really ramped up, trying to make sure that they had all the equipment and supplies they needed to be able to block roads that were flooding. Our police made sure that they had Police officers and fire made sure that they had firefighters that were ready to do overtime in case they were needed, which they were. Um, and we reached out to uh, area agencies and organizations and stores that we felt would be necessary to prepare us. We called all the pharmacies and tried to make sure that we knew which pharmacies were going to be open so that if there was uh, something catastrophic and people needed medicine, we knew how to get them their medicine. Also coordinating shelters and places for people to go if they were displaced. We were working very close yeah. with the county wow. on that. Uh, we made sure that uh, we contacted all of the senior citizen living facilities 
to make sure that they were prepared, that they knew what to do if they, in case they had to evacuate. Um, there's a lot that goes into preparing. And this is stuff that we kind of generally do all year long and then do a, another big push of it right before we know something's going to happen. And then when it does happen, we did open up our EO, EOC, uh, Emergency Operations Center. Uh, we had every, all of our essential personnel there that uh, were kind of coordinating the responses between the different organizations and between the organizations outside of the city that were helping, like the county, all the churches that stepped up, um, the schools wanted to be involved, uh, the nonprofit organizations that helped out. Uh, it was a really, really big response from everybody in the community and we were able to kind of coordinate everything together, put all the big, all the little puzzle, sorry, all the little puzzle pieces together mm -hmm. at the EOC. Yeah. And no. it's a 24-hour thing. It doesn't, you know, stop. Right. Every day. right. It's nonstop. <laughs> you know, we're there making sure that everybody's safe and we're evacuating neighborhoods if we have to and things like that and, and trying to make the public as aware minute to minute, you know, what's going on. So. And no. one of the th <clears throat> ways that we've, tried to communicate with the public has been through social media, uh, radio, news, television, paper. Um, but one of the things that we're trying to do that will help us better in future disasters is sign people up for the Smart 911 app. Smart 911 is uh, a new program. I mean, it's been in Montgomery County for a couple years now. We've put it into place and it's very successful. Uh, it allows you to go create a profile for you and your family and your home. And you can put as much information in as you want or as little information in as you want. I know some people are kind of weird about sharing information with the government, but. Oh, they already have it. It doesn't, <laughs> people, it doesn't matter. They've already got everything, so. But it, allows you, to put in, yeah. <laughs> it allows you to put in as much information as you want. So if you want to put in a picture of your kid and a picture of your dog and what medications everybody is on, then you can. So if your child does go missing, the police already have a picture of your kid. It's great to be able to start looking for them if, if something happens. Or in or, the event of a fire at your home, you know, they know you have dogs that are in the house and things like that. Um, also, if, you know, there is flooding or some kind of emergency and we can't reach you for some reason, cell phones are out. Um, you know, we're, we know specifics about your medical needs and things like that. When the first responders, when they arrive, they'll, they'll be aware of that. I was going to ask after I, I had to walk three miles just to get a signal and I lived in the woodlands. It was just for some reason at my apartment out. at that time. Yeah. It, so cell phones probably be the first things to go. And it's great also because you'll be able to list uh, emergency contacts. So if you have somebody outside of the area you know, who can be contacted and check in on you and things like that. It helps to kind of build a buddy system of sorts. If your mother lives off by herself and you want to register your phone number to her address, that way, if there's any alerts in that area, you get notified. Like ballistic missiles? Yeah. So if a ballistic <laughs> exactly. missile is headed for the woodlands, you can so there you go. Right there right. I was wondering. I was wondering. I'm knocking on your shelter door. Uh I, you said that there was like a great community response, but let's talk about the organizations involved because as you pointed out, uh, uh, Cassie, there's so many different uh, disasters that could happen. You know, uh, we, I know we have at least one listener who grew up in, in Tornado Alley. So I don't remember what, do I find a hole and put my butt in the air? Or is that for a lightning storm? I mean, you know, will these at this fair, will they be able to address, kind of kind of specify... 
responses to different emergencies? Absolutely. I'm going to have a lot of uh, flyers that you can take that will address how to prepare for flooding and hurricanes, how to prepare for tornadoes, um, how to prepare for home fires or wildfires, uh, and all sorts of different types of stuff. Ready.gov is a great resource, and they really get into the different types of disasters that there are and how to uh, how to prepare yourself for them. Uh, Ready.gov. I got to check that out. We have a lot of uh, their PSAs that um, show you know fire safety, home safety, uh, general safety tips um, on our on our TV channel, on our city. And also the FM numbers here will be yes. converted to an emergency signal basically yes, so folks if you tune in here you'll be able to hear from the fire chief and and the emergency operations center and we'll be giving i've actually right seen now. the uoc yes. oh yeah okay, it looks like it's like from csi mm-hmm. really it's a little it's a little too weird. i wanted to look like the uh the nasa control room in armageddon the fake one you know it the one that's all like high tech awesome can i push buttons in there <laughs> Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, don't push anything in there, please. Especially they not run, the big they red run button. a tight ship there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the fair itself is happening. We got two of them on September 18th. And what are the times? So it's Tuesday, September 18th, and Saturday, November the 3rd. Both are going to be from 3 to 7. Okay, so uh, you're getting like people during the day and yeah. after work. Great. Yeah, so we wanted to make sure that if you were able to come on a Tuesday that you could come if, if you don't work those days you can come earlier if you do work you can come after work and we also wanted to make sure that we had one on a day that was uh, on a weekend so that people who aren't able to make it during work days can come in on Saturday so that's why we chose uh, one on a Tuesday and one on a Saturday we've got them spaced a little bit apart so that we can make sure that we plan for each one appropriately and get them prepared so that they are successful events for the and people. And it's a who come. it's a family friendly event, so absolutely bring the kids. We're gonna have know. the smokehouse from the fire department, so <laughs> kids can run through a smoky trailer. Um, <laughs> kids, well, we have kids schmids. We we have a listener question. He wa- they wanted to know what funds all of this stuff. Like say the nine one one, and then say the fair and things like that. Is it the county, the so, city? Yeah, Smart nine one one is run by uh, Montgomery County Hospital District. Uh, they are the ones that that bought it and fund it. We are the only ones in the state of Texas that are signed up with this, but it's proven to be a very uh, a very proactive uh, dispatching tool. It also allows us to be able to send messaging out to specific geographical areas. I can draw a circle on the map and say I want every phone number that's registered to Smart 911 in this area and every cell phone that's in this area to get a message. So if we have to evacuate a certain area or something like that we can send a message which we did have to you know last year so that was that would have been hugely helpful if we had everybody you know signed up and was able to push that kind of alert out to people and let them know hey you need to start evacuating cool two two quick questions one was Mm -hmm. um you know we talked earlier about the hawaii the ballistic missiles coming in and there's they are swearing blind. I don't believe them, but they're swearing blind that one guy literally had the power to do this. To, to some, <laughs> tell me, you got safeguards in your little room, right? <laughs> not just some idiot who's gonna there's think a there's a missile. There's not gonna be like 99 little balloons floating well, overhead. Well, and, you think there would be like the two key thing? Like, <laughs> you would think. Right, you got the two people. Yeah, yeah like turning. you can't send out a message like there's a ballistic missile heading your way without two people going. Okay, confirm, confirm. Listen to the English translation of 99 Luft balloons. That's how World War III starts, okay? I'm just saying. Uh, and, and finally, Victoria, I know your office is in, like, City Hall, and I've got un- unconfirmed reports that there's some kind of a Bond villain uh, escape 
module that for like the mirror and Vergadamo and stuff. Can you confirm this to I me? Can't, I can't confirm. Or Neither confirm nor okay. No comment from the city of Conroe uh, <laughs> officials. You, you heard it here first in this exclusive interview with Cassie Laughlin and Victoria Ensley. I'm gonna <laughs> gonna pronunciate that one. And we're talking about the emergency preparedness fair coming your way in the Conroe area on Tuesday, September eighth, and also returning on Saturday, November third from 3 to 7 p.m. at the Conroe Activity Center over there at 1204 Candy Cane Lane. It's free for everyone, for kids and everything. So come, come, come. That's Tuesday, September 18th, folks. That's next week uh, from 3 to 7 p.m. Ladies, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to be reaching almost the top of the hour, so we've got one more segment before that. And if you have more questions about the emergency preparedness Fair, please visit cityofconroe.org. It's all the information is right there at cityofconroe.org. You're listening to Mornings with Lone Star here at IRLoneStar.com, Facebook Live, and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. We'll be back after a break. My name is Jay Spittleberg. I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure. I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Spittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Welcome back, Morning's Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com, Facebook Live, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Special thanks to the City of Conroe coming in, talking about the Emergency Preparedness Fair. Folks, stay smart, st- be prepared, don't be an idiot. On Tuesday, September 18th at the Conroe Activity Center, free to the public, so you can join the City of Conroe. They host uh, the fair, which is an opportunity to uh, look at how the county and the city help and assist residents who are, well, I guess, when an uh, 
you know, emergency happens, all that good stuff. Especially talking about smart 911. The smart 911 thing seems like a, a no-brainer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what's strange to me is I thought like something like that already kind of existed, but I guess not. No, well, what surprised me is that— Like, can't the United only... States send me a text right now if they really needed to? Like, the government? Can't, like, the U.S. No, government? No, you haven't signed up for it. That, that, that's the whole thing about the NSA may have your cell phone So how did the ballistic phone. missile text happen? Though, that was a statewide thing that got signed up for. So someone signed—you get to sign up for that before you get a ballistic missile text. Yeah. Okay, so similar to the 911. Right. Okay. I, and, thought, and, I thought it was just kind of like— And since Hawaii is standalone— Meaning, you know, it's, you don't have a contiguous contiguous state to it. You know, you got to get there by plane or boat or submarine. More people would be signed up for that. Whereas we're here, we we have forty nine other states that we can rely on to get us information. You know, without crossing water. So that's why so many Hawaiians were on that uh, update list. Plus, also Hawaii's like the western edge of the eastern uh, of the far east front basically if there's a new war in the pacific theater hawaii would be a number one and i'm sure alaska has the same thing going down because if, if the russians wanted to walk over walk over yeah i feel, I feel you on that lay down a bridge I should have asked the ladies while they were here if uh you know the emergency preparation uh, preparedness would have included uh moon breakaway you know, based on it being September 13th. Would they tell us what what we would do, how we would survive without our moon? Wouldn't, like, gravity kind of... Be- well, there was an episode where they come across a parallel Earth where the same thing happens and they find out what happens. The only thing I know, like, scientifically, what the moon does is it causes waves or it has some effect over the waves. And mm-hmm. that, that might be false today. No, but no, I, I I remember reading like being taught that the gravitational pull of the moon directly affects our tides. Okay, just and tides. What else does it affect? Well, well, there's gravitational we pull, so there's eclipses. Effect. Huh? No more eclipses. No more, um, you know, secret missions to the far side of the moon. But when I told you that was that was the interesting thing about that Lisa Gilbert, the congresswoman from Hawaii, when she was talking about you know being in D.C. and getting that ballistic missile text and how many people just thought it was over and how many people afterwards called in to complain <laughs> and stuff like that. But, uh, but I mean, if something like that happens, it's kind of, you know, just roll up on a fear ball and there you go. Yeah, we can talk about, you know, that millions of bottles of water were found in Puerto Rico. You heard about this, right? Yeah. And now they're, they're completely useless now. They've been in well, the sun found too photo. long. I saw a photo of it. And yeah, I was like, no, it's, it's so that's, been, what, that's what a million bottles of water looks like. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, basically took up a, an airfield. And that just uh, harkened back to when the governor was standing in front of all the TV cameras and just bemoaning yeah. how no response from the president or the administration. And behind her were stacked pallets of supplies and water and stuff that she's going, we don't have anything. And behind her were thousands upon thousands. And this is something. Now, I got a report this morning. Uh, I haven't, I just got the headline in this report that apparently the president is denying the 3,000 body count from, was it Hurricane Maria, right? Or Tropical Storm Maria, the, yeah. one, the one that hit Puerto Rico. Because originally they said 67 people died, and now they're saying 3,000 from out of, you know, 
revised estimates. Now I can imagine going from 67 to 300, but that, and for them to say, well, we didn't have the infrastructure. There's Puerto Rico is still a U.S. territory. Yeah, it was treated pretty badly, and hopefully the plight has been, sh- you, know, you know, a light has been shed on its plight to get it, you know, into the 21st century with infrastructure and maybe even some governmental control, some better control. But I need to find out more information on the president denying reason. I need to know if this is indeed true and if it is what the reasoning may be. Is he just saying that to, to stir the pot or is, is, is there something to it? But it doesn't well, help I to mean, have. I think especially while we had these good folks in talking about emergency preparedness, if you, I imagine portion a large portion of their job is to manage and be prepared to distribute those kind of goods. And I think also the Puerto Rico thing, it, it was an emergency response. It wasn't a preparedness. Oh, correct. So I think you know, like it doesn't surprise me that people found million do- million bottles of water somewhere because all it takes is one person or one group of people going, "I'm tired. We've been working a week straight. We're going home," and they're like, "Well." When there's no one else going to be here to move the water, and then they moved on because somewhere because you're you're responding to all these emergencies. Not saying that it's stupid; it's just mismanagement. It sounds like mismanagement 101, or you can conspiracy theory at 101 and say they were trying to sell the bottles of water. Like I don't. Well, I wouldn't even say that's a conspiracy theory. You know, any number of things could have happened. But I, I mean, how big is Puerto Rico? Uh, like at least three football fields. I think so. I mean, misplacing a million bottles of water would be pretty obvious, I imagine, right? Yeah, but there needs to be accountability. It's who misplaced it, who, where did the breakdown happen? You can say, well, there was a breakdown, mistakes were made, and breakdown in communication. No, Bob neglected to tell Mary there's a million bottles of water here, or Bob told Mary and Mary didn't take, you know, I, I'm just, Bob? I heard that. Bob's Bob, at it again. Bob, go back to Hawaii and put your finger on the, the text button there. Uh, but my, my good, good friend, John Patterson, remember, he was the one that, that formed a, a nonprofit, uh, mm-hmm. Aid Puerto Rico Now, uh, just because he saw what was going on. To him, that was intolerable. And what he did, him going out there on his own dime and getting people to go out and rebuild stuff and bring supplies, he had... He was telling me he had it's a hundred miles long, tons and by thirty-five miles wide. Yeah, it's a very thin um, island. But John Patterson in Aid Puerto Rico now had tons upon tons upon tons. I mean, like a million pounds worth of food and supplies and water that they not only got over there but also helped distribute. You just don't leave it at the loading dock and hope that people come get it. So somewhere was a well, breakdown. No, like I said, like that's the way. I mean, I think Puerto Rico, looking at the size difference, if we put it in Texas, I think it might go from Galveston to like the cusp of Montgomery County. If you, yeah, like, 100 if you miles? turned it, and yeah, like, yeah, basically it's a hundred miles from here to Galveston. So it gives yeah. you kind of a visual. Uh, but again, like it, this happens all the time. Pretty much every time there's an emergency, someone forgets to do something. But that was especially if they're saying, "Oh, the three thousand uh, people died now. Well, why? And if it's if you guys had resources there, who who dropped the ball? Now it didn't help that Puerto Rico to begin with, as listener Misty pointed out, uh, the infrastructure was already it's almost like Cuba level. When you find out how easily Puerto Rico was overrun by the storm, you know the roofs ripped off, yeah, and and that they lost power and they lost power for months upon months. Uh, it was upon months people yeah it, it became pretty much a third world nation right. sub nation 
Well, uh, there you go. But you know what? That be with- prepared, folks. Don't forget emergency preparedness fair, September eighteenth. So 3 to 7 p.m. And if anyone in the Carolinas listening to us, know that you know we're with you and in, in, in spirit right now. And if, if, if it hits the fan, you know that Texas will be the first group of people heading up there to take care of them. It is 9.57. We're going to take our top of the hour break here on Mornings with Lone Star. IRLoneStar.com we got Jay Silberg for County Judge coming in. So if you got questions for Jay, you know how to respond to us on Facebook Live. Or you can write in an anonymous email or whatever, IRLoneStar.com. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's why they don't write. They're afraid of having their name associated with us. We should well, yeah, that's, what, that's what's the downside of Facebook. You can't create, like, made-up names. On our website, we should have, like, a little anonymous leave-your-comment-here thing. Okay. I can set that up. Okay. You listen to Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be back. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning with scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning. Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of Roller Derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. 
Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. All right, welcome back. Morning's Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. We're broadcasting live on Facebook Live under Morning's Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. It is 10.02. Welcome back. We still got an hour left. And don't forget, today, the 6th Annual Heroes Luncheon is happening down the street from the studio, actually, on 2854 with Questco. Uh, they're giving out free food for first responders. So if you're a first responder... You can get some barbecue, desserts, drinks. There's a raffle. There's music. It's just kind of the way they can give back. Questco, uh, they can give back to the first responders. More information, uh, just look up Questco. And I have a phone number here. I don't know if Emily really wants me to give this out, but she put it on a poster. Then so go she's, for it. She's, you know, There's no expectation You get what you get right here, Emily. 936-521-5714. That's 936 521 Five seven one four. My dyslexia didn't hit me that time. Woo-woo! That was great. There you go. <laughs> All right. Back in the studio, Jay Stilberg for County Judge. We're very excited about today because uh, last time you were in, uh, we were kind of hinted that we were going to talk about the water condition or water scenario. What do you want to call it? We got to give it a cool name. Um, like the water like, travesty like, like or no gate? <laughs> are we being? Is someone water gates taken? So. Is it someone going to? People are people stealing our water? Do we do we say the thief or like? Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Remember the China syndrome <laughs> when the whole thing Jack Lemon finally said we had an incident and everyone's going, yeah, finally he said incident. So there's the water. Well, see, it's not a singular incident. The water situation. Yeah, the water. The sitch. water paradigm. Yeah, sure, that's a good way to the put it. The water paradigm. It's the situation. The, situation. the water sitch. The sitch. Who are you, Kim Possible? I don't know. What's Kim Possible? There's a cartoon where she said, Was "What's it? the sitch?" Oh, and you. You absorb way too much info. I got, I got then, kids. I got grandkids. Uh, okay. Well, Jade Silberg's back in, and he's running for county judge in November. You can still register to vote. I believe it's October 9th. 9th. Man, look at that. I'm soaking up information too, baby. So <laughs> You're October, a sponge, Dick. <laughs> October 9th, you still got time to register. It's not hard to register to vote. Uh, MCTX.org uh, has information on to check your registry and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's exciting. So uh, And Jay has been nice enough to come in. Every day after commissioner's court from the county commissioner court, 
and he's uh, here. Man, you, you, you he was doing so, so well. He was doing so uh, well. Too many words. Too many words. Well, welcome back, Jay. Thanks. Good and, to be here. How you doing? I saw Hunt for the Red October. And I oh, thought you about did? You. First time you ever saw it? Yes, because I've been like, what? I watched Jack. Well, I saw it a long time ago. Okay. Because that movie's relatively older. Like, that was like made in the like, late 80s. It's when we all remembered the Cold War. And I've been doing a Jack Ryan thing since Amazon Prime released their new series. And I love Clear and Present Danger. Uh-huh. And I love Patriot Games. That was, uh-huh. like, that was like one of my first movies outside of Indiana Jones to see Harrison Ford be really good. And uh, so I was like, I got to check all this Jack Ryan stuff out. And yeah, I just missed the filming of uh, at the Academy when they, they did the filming for that. There. Really? Really? I, so, I missed it by two years. It's unfortunate. but If you didn't, if you guys are, have no idea what we're talking about, Jay actually lived in a submarine, and uh, <laughs> which is part of that movie, Hunt for right? Am I wrong? Yeah, and I'm just thinking, now i got yellow submarine stuck in my head all of a sudden. Well, all right. <laughs> it's, that, it's that issue you have with soaking up information. I, That's I, right. I, the brain Fire's won't crossed. turn off. Okay, well, since you've seen Hunt for Red October next, you got to watch Crimson Tide. That's like, I was thinking about that. Or um, well, but the biggest surprise about Hunt for Our October is Sam Neill's in it, mm-hmm. and I just like that guy. Oh yeah, like I don't know why. Like every time I was like, oh, because he can be play good. anything. He plays a good guy, and, and he played Merlin. He played Merlin, but he plays a good guy, and then he played literally played the Antichrist. Yeah, in Damien or Omen three. So, and he was believable in all of them. So, he, he, so yeah, he's a great actor. jump there. Great jump. I'm just saying he's a good actor. He, you know, he can play whatever you put in front of him. Well, I want to remind folks who are listening, Jay is in the studio, so if you have questions, you can reach out to us on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, and then, or you can email us at mwls at com, or just go to ironlonestar.com, go to contact us, and there's all the portals and all that good stuff. So, Jay, do we want to start with the water stuff? Because I know I am have zero information. Even though we have a water show here on Lone Star Community mm. Radio, I listen to them kind of, but what it came down to, it came down to... This issue has been such a big issue for a long time that I can't grasp it. It isn't like, oh, hey, we're digging and we hit a pipe. We got to, we got to solve this issue. It's like, no, more of like we laid all this pipe down, and we 10 years later we realize it's bad. Yeah, this is more of a yeah. we hit a pipe and now Lake Conroe's draining. Is it? No, but I'm saying <laughs> the scale. Is no. it? Scale. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I guess. He's a little gullible, I think. <laughs> well, Did you know the word gullible is not in the dictionary? I don't, I I don't, I'm not it. gonna. I'm not gonna fall for that. Uh, <laughs> dang it! But no. Okay. So, okay. What I want to do my best because you you did some research. You kind of have an idea. Okay. I want to do the best I can, and this is coming from me not knowing anything about the water problem. The only thing I know right now is it's really expensive for people to use water in Montgomery County. That's what I know. My mom and dad have said that, and they're like, "We don't even use this water. We use another reservoir." We don't even use SJRA, that's right. And like, why do we pay this? And then like Holly and I moved up, we pay a fee to them, but we don't use that much water. So it wasn't like, oh man, I'm breaking my pocketbook, you know. But some people who, you know, say I own a golf course, and I'm just kidding, I don't don't know, they're probably having problems too. But it's a big issue for some people because your bill is almost as much as your energy bill, your water bill and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think, uh, and and Skippy, I know you were, knowledgeable on this stuff too so you, you can you can jump in here too i'm not no i'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination but um here, here's my take on everything that's going on um the lone star groundwater conservation district was established in 2001 i do believe um uh, and basically between the san jacinto river authority the sgr uh, sjra 
and the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District. The Groundwater Conservation District is basically supposed to be looking for alternative, affordable sources of water for Montgomery County. And hence, the thing that they are concerned with is groundwater conservation. Now, the San Jacinto River Authority is really surface water. So we're not talking about groundwater. We're talking about surface water because obviously the SJRA sells water, right? Mm -hmm. And so my take and my understanding of why this became a huge issue and why it's turned to now the board is going to be elected in November instead of the, the appointed the board. The board for the groundwater. The, the Lone Star groundwater, groundwater Conservation okay. District. So there's an, that election's also November 6th, and there are candidates in the races, and we can talk more as we go on here about the specifics of how they're breaking that down. But at the end of the day, what was what the perception of what's happening and whether it's real or not, that we'll let people judge. But the bottom line is you had this appointed board to the ground, uh, the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District. You have the San Jacinto River Authority. And essentially people perceive it looks like that what was happening is, is that the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation was pushing people towards paying more money and use it because surface water is more expensive than groundwater. So pushing people towards using surface water hence preserving groundwater. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is, is as the groundwater usage kind of seemed to be going down a little bit, this Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District kept increasing their fees and not reducing their budget. So, you know, in the last, I think it's two years, they've basically doubled their right. fees and from like six cents to 11 cents over the last two years, I think. Um, and so, the fees they charge went go to the water providers who had to turn around and pass it on because the water providers, that's why they were complaining. They were getting reamed by the users saying, hey, you're doubling my uh, my rates here. And so the providers, the, the quad vests of the world or whatever would be talking around saying, we're just adding what we've been hit with by that. And that's what started the whole yeah, and so and so, you know, obviously a law was passed, and I think Senator Crichton was the one that actually introduced the bill, um, which was ultimately passed. I think, I mean, all the legislators in the county were were on it, but I think Crichton and Metcalf were mm -hmm. the first two. And uh, at, at the end of the day, what it did is said, okay, we're going to replace this nine-person appointed board with a seven-person elected board, and of course. Uh, the way they broke it down was they have one representative from Conroe, specifically, one representative from the Woodlands, specifically, because they're the two biggest user water users in the county, and then one elected uh, person from each precinct in the county, and then one at-large position, so it makes up a seven-person board. So. Now, like I said, like for me, from what I understand is people are paying a lot of money for their water. Electing a board, what does that directly mean for me not paying as much money? Well, the ultimate idea behind it is there is accountability to the people of Montgomery County. When you have an appointed board, they're not accountable to anybody, quite frankly. But when you have elected officials that sit on the board, they are now accountable to the residents of the county that elect them. So There were thoughts of this flagrant uh, uh, conflicts of interest mm -hmm. with existing board members because you, you could literally work— for an organization that was firmly opposed to the mission of the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District and be on that board. 
because as, as Jay just said, there's there's no accountability. It's an appointed right. position. So, no, but as like a voter, like it, you you can't just downright say if you vote for this guy, you'll save money. No, I mean I I, I agree. You yeah. I mean of course you can say that if you want to, but, but whether I'm that more of becomes like, to be true or not another story. Of, but what's the reality of being well, the, this under control? I think the reality is is that when you now have an elected board, and I, I'll be honest, I don't know how they did business beforehand, but when you have an elected board, if they're going to hold meetings, they're required to give public notice uh, at least I think forty eight or seventy two hours in advance with the time what yeah. the what the agenda is. Uh, so the public can come every one of their meetings if they're going to talk about the business of the board have voting, to be public meetings voting records uh, voting records I mean so well, they're right. trying to get more transparency and accountability in the board is what it I mean that's what the point of what they're doing well is. with the with SJRA and the groundwater are those are those government entities so the San Jacinto River Authority does count as a uh, district authority, which is kind of like a governmental entity. But the Groundwater Conservation District, it doesn't be, it isn't beholden directly to the legislature, I believe. But there are strong apron strings between them. Because, so they're private. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, they're not. Do they pay taxes or not? No, that's a good question. Let's look into that. Isn't that how like basically divides it? What makes it private? What makes it? Not private. You keep talking while I look something up, right? Well, because I, I think really what I'm trying to understand about the uh, like listening to the solution of making the groundwater elected position, from what I the underlying thing to it, I thought it was that was the best solution they could come up with today to try to curb this growing issue. There wasn't really a direct response they could do legally to change the price of water today, but this was more of like, hey, this is a strategy we got. Maybe if we change the way this board works, that might improve the quality of or what you know, the goal of changing the price of water. That's like that's the only solution they could come that would work and be you know actually be implemented instead of like, hey, we're just gonna fire everybody. We're gonna get a whole new thing because that's kind of like the sledgehammer approach. This seems to me like the the slow the slow approach. Yeah. Right? Well, I think what you I think what you tend to find in general is um, the idea behind having an elected versus an appointed board. Is that again? Now there's this, you know, issue of accountability uh, to the voters in how they can conduct their business as a board. Um, obviously, if people aren't happy with somebody, they can vote them out and and change the position. Um, and and they can certainly they will certainly be more scrutinized in what they're doing with their budget and how they're charging. The, yeah. the people of Montgomery County, just because it's now elected, right? And I think that's the well, whole point. Because it also sounds like there's a lot of individual entities in this process. And it sounds like we're changing one gear in the whole system, and we're hoping that one gear change. We're hoping. Yeah, well, I, I you know, I, I change doesn't come without starting the change. Yeah. Right? So, you, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take action somewhere, and you have to, you know, and quite frankly, the public has to keep the pressure on it. Right. Like if if anyone thinks that just making this an elected board is going to fix everything, that that's not true and will never be true. Um, you know, people have to stay vigilant and, and stay on top of it. Well, so and, and ultimately, will it reduce our our cost of water? Only time's going to yeah. tell, quite frankly. I mean, I don't think anyone can say yes or no. But you can hold your, your representatives. But at least you well, can hold them accountable. Well, like, for example, my parents, they live in a subdivision called Crown, uh, Crown Oaks in Montgomery. And they don't use any of the water the SJRA mm -hmm. or uses, but they have to pay it. Now, how does that work? 
Well, it's like if you don't have kids in school, you still have to pay for the schools. Okay. So you're, it's a government government. Yeah, agency? what I was able to find out, because apparently each river authority can actually fall under different categories. I believe SJRA, San Jacinto, is a, is a state agency. Okay. So, But there are some that are government-owned nonprofit corporations. So it, I got to dig in a little deeper. Uh, but then you have a groundwater conservation district, which is a, a managed... Uh, Oh, I just lost the word here. I have it here. Well, you know, we're going to take a break. When we come back, if you don't mind, Jay, sure. let's, let's tie it into your position sure. uh, running for, you know, the county judge. How does that affect this issue? Sure. Uh, maybe because some of the listeners can finally say, like, why are y'all even talking about this? Y'all can't even do anything. <laughs> you know, so I want to learn more about that. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com, and YouTube. Well, not YouTube, sorry, Facebook Live. And then, of course, uh, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1. We'll be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 
Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. September 13th. Never forget. Where were you? Oh, this is why I'd only introduce. Where were you in 1999 when the moon so, broke I'm not going to lie. When you told me that this morning, I thought that was a real deal. And I was like, I didn't never knew the moon was, you know. Broke free broke of free. the gravitational I was like, that's, I feel like that'd be and bad. And a black hole and ended up on the far end of the universe. Is this where Gullible comes in again? No, this is Space 1999. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, 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 didn't, music to he didn't say today. that whole thing. He goes, yeah, in 1999, it uh, the, the moon broke free of the Earth's gravitational pull, so it's slowly moving. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of crazy, but cool. And then he's then when I, he introduced and he's like, oh, it's a TV series. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> It was an oh awesome Jerry Anderson, who also did Thunderbirds and UFO. Yeah. It was a great show in the seventies with Oscar-winning actors and actresses in it. It's not going to work anymore. We, it's over. I'm actually going to change the song because I'm very <laughs> Don't disappointed. You, in no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, but, it's jamming song. <laughs> well, we're sitting here with Jay Silberg, who's running for county judge in November, and we uh, last segment we talked about the water issue or uh, situation. Water situation, Sitch. and uh, one thing I wanted to connect it is to your, the position you're running for. What does that mean for this groundwater SJRA and the commissioner's court? Yeah, and again, the, you know, the commissioner's court is in certain obviously areas they're limited in the the power they have to physically, you know, mandate something be done. Uh, you know, those uh. Commissioners and the county judge can certainly be advocates for certain things. Uh, they can certainly call things out if they if they see them. They may not have power over it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, again, I, I don't think that the commissioner's court is going to have, quite honestly, a whole lot of uh, interaction on a business basis with the with something like the Lone Star um, Cons- uh, Groundwater Conservation District. Uh, they're certainly going to have a relationship with the SJRA, uh, and I'll even further that just to connect the dot with the Harris County Flood Control District because, again, the county judge is the head of emergency management for the county. So clearly they need to have a relationship with those entities, maybe not as close of a relationship with, again, the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation Group because, again, that's about the cost of the cost of water to to the end user, the citizens. Um, but certainly, you know, when, when if we see something is fishy, is that a good way to put it? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, then I think that uh, some attention should be drawn to it. And I, I think it's good. I think accountability is good. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm running for this, right? I mean, I, I felt that a lot of people feel that there's a lack of transparency and accountability. Um, and I could go on integrity and ethics <laughs> by by folks. And it's not just the commissioner's court. It's, sometimes it's just County government in general in this county, people feel that uh, there is not enough transparency and accountability, and I think a lot of people are getting fed up with that. And I think people want change, and and they want change that's going to bring that transparency and accountability, um, and and somebody that's still doing that, but also looking out for the best interest of their pocketbook and doing things the most efficient way at the best price. So, well, they have a lot of folks who don't vote 
that's kind of part of the reason they don't vote is because they don't really fully grasp what is each position's you know accountability yeah and then also like how how do i know which person will benefit or or make my life have a higher quality of life and i and that's still some positions i still don't really get that they're elected and some positions i'd get why they're elected yeah but like especially with the uh, county commissioners like to me it just sounds like they need people to manage something and we need five people to do that and that's how we set it up originally like before i was born there was always five people that just managed certain things and that's who you that's who you're running for that's that's the way it is yeah well i'll say this when it comes to local government uh whether you live in an unincorporated area of the county like the woodlands or any area that's unincorporated it's not a city or a town where they don't have a city council or a mayor because if you if where you live does not have a city council or a mayor then it's unincorporated um so the the county government is basically your city council and your mayor yeah um, and obviously in areas like Conroe and, uh, they are your local authority and, uh, we should all be paying attention to them because these types of local government entities, which are taxing authorities, they have the biggest input, uh, impact on your pocketbook in the shortest amount of time. Right. So, and there you and, go. See, that makes sense to me. And I tell people like, I know county or local county or local politics are not sexy, you don't see them on the news every day. You don't see them on national TV. Well, they right? they, those politicians, they don't tweet enough. They don't have all you need to do is tweet every morning at 4 a.m. <laughs> and then just like make fun of somebody and then they'll start caring. Well, I mean, the, you know, the the county judge doesn't have a camera crew following him around the county. Right. We, so we can fix that. It doesn't seem sexy. And, and unfortunately, it's so much more important. Uh, because the decisions that are made at a city council meeting or the commissioner's court, uh, those decisions could affect your pocketbook the next day. Um, whereas stuff that happens at the state and federal level, it just takes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's so important because this is also things about your roads, your parks, your bridges, the services the county provides you um, or your city provides you. Um, so, like, say I my mean, best friend, so say my best friend's Elon Musk, right? And I'm like, dude, I see that you're digging tunnels in LA. Can you dig tunnels here in Montgomery County? So they, I'd bring him to you? Well, I mean, you, you, <laughs> I, I wouldn't bring him to me directly. Well, I mean, like, uh, do I go to the county commissioners or like I go, hey, we want to build some tunnels. Who do we need to talk to? Sure. I that was, would I, fall under I tax mean, dot. So you go to the you state tax tax You'd, you'd probably have to go to them first. Okay. I was curious. Because like, I know you guys manage a lot. Uh-huh. But and then we kind of talked about in the past with you about like like for example the uh, Montgomery County uh, emergency uh, shelter for the the animals animal shelter and that's unique to the county. Not every single county in the mm-hmm. United States has that. So y'all all, y'all manage things, but then y'all also are proactive about things. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the random like when you read the newspaper, like oh, I didn't know they did that, and why does that even matter? Like what the one I don't really get, and this is there's a two part question to this. <laughs> So I was watching, is it Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Right, so Kavanaugh. there's a lot of, you know, live feeds from that stuff. Sure. And I notice it's really great that they go, hey, you got time to talk. You got time to talk. Is there a lot of grandstanding on the committee? Because a lot of times when they're talking, I'm like, do these people even, where, where are we going with this? Because a lot of times when they're just speaking, it's like out of random. Is that how the commissioner court really is run? Well, I, I'll say it can be. Yeah. Um, because obviously the, the different, commissioners or you know they, they care about their precincts and their precinct to them is number one so you have four precincts that are number one so who you know 
And my opinion is, and that's why there's a county judge, he's supposed to keep the big picture in mind. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it is p- political, right? And so there's political allies and, and uh, you know, you, you may be trying to align yourself with them and you, I'm certain there's some grandstanding that goes on in doing so, right? And, and obviously it's politics. And I think politics plays sometimes a little bit too much of a role in county politics, uh, because again, I've said it time and again, you know, I, I call this a partisan race about nonpartisan politics. I mean, I think the commissioner's court should be nonpartisan races. You shouldn't run as a deer or an R and I you're running as an individual. And here's what I'm going to do for the County because they are not lawmaking entities. They are about fiscal responsibility. Yeah. Like man, so, yeah, like that's like, I'll do a lot of things of managing. That's right. I mean, and they quite frankly have less power than a city council, right? And city council races are nonpartisan. Um, so, you know, unfortunately it's only partisan because the state of Texas says thou shalt be partisan. Um, but then we interject well, we, all this we partisan just got politics. Them to say the groundwater now shall be elected. Elected. So can we just, they are, but it's a nonpartisan race. They don't run on ours. So, and I's so and we these. have to go to Crichton. It's just Crichton, like a Crichton. and say, Hey man, can we change this County commissioner stuff? That's how that starts. Well, this, the state legislature would certainly have to change it. Yeah. But get, but get on that. Okay, well, the reason I wanted to ask that is because what it would, what's going on right now in the commissioner's court that seems a little different than what most people, what's going on? Because I know they had an interesting meeting on Tuesday, right? Tuesday's, mm-hmm. so was there anything interesting from that meeting or anything that you kind of wanted to bring up? Or well, anything? I mean, the biggest thing that came out of, uh, I wasn't there, I was out of town for work, but they, they do this great thing called record these things and put it online <laughs> yeah. so you can watch Public them. record, what? So, I mean, I was out of town for business, but uh, I watched it uh, Tuesday night. And uh, I mean, to, the biggest thing I saw in there was obviously there was a, uh, a discussion about the auditor's uh, budget for the auditor's office um, because in the and previous... They do, they do what? What do the auditors do? So the auditor, the auditor is responsible for basically the fiscal accountability of how the county is spending money and how they're bringing money in, how so, they track money. So there's an right? accountant. It's an auditor. So there's an accountant who does what you guys tell them to spend money on, they count it, and then they're like, hey, here's and, our report, auditor. Well, the auditor, the auditor is uh, uh, given their job, appointed. It's a third person, third it's party? A per, it's a per, well, the, the county auditor is appointed their position by the district judges. The okay. panel, you know, the board of district judges is the one that appoints the county auditor. Okay. Okay. And the, the district judges are the ones that actually set the county auditor's offices uh, salaries. They create the entire budget. They they approve the budget for the auditor's office, with the exception of the operations budget. That's so the part of the budget. Phyllis that the L. Martin. Or, right. Right. Am I finding this right? I'm on the website. Correct. I'm trying to like navigate what's really going That's on right. here. Okay. So she's the current county auditor. County auditor. Okay. That's correct. And if I recall correctly, I think they're appointed to two-year terms. I think that's what it is. I think I, you're I, right. I think it's two-year terms. Sounds good to me. Um, and so, and oftentimes they're just re-upped, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so that's what happens with it. But at the end of the day, the commissioner's court controls the operational budget and the, the board of district judges controls the rest of the county auditor's budget. And obviously we know we just went through the budget cycle. Yeah. And in the previous uh, commissioner's court, the, when the county created the budget officer's office, 
Um, the goal that was put out there by some of the members of the commissioner's court was to reduce the auditor's budget by the amount that it costs to run the budget officer's office because you're taking a lot of the responsibilities away from the auditor by the creation of this budget officer, which we now have. Um, the truth is it's not a, a dollar for dollar savings. So you can't really say, well, if it costs 300,000 here, then this should be a reduction of 300,000 because it's not apples to apples we're comparing here. Um, but at the end of the day, there was some decisions made on the commissioner's court in, in that meeting two weeks ago uh, where they reduced the auditor's budget by, I think it was $234,000 or something like that. So that's like operation costs? Well, that was... Or are they actually physically well, that's the paying point. the that person was, That was the point of the discussion on Tuesday was that, you know, the the, the auditor's office operations budget is like $75,000. Okay. So for the commissioner's court to reduce it by $234,000, you know, the, the board of district judges basically came in and said, we think, you know, you're overstepping your bounds of authority because we have control of the rest of that budget. You only control the operations budget. I mean, the reality of it is what should have been done from the get-go is if they had not gotten or received the budget for the auditor's office from the board of district judges, uh, the most responsible thing they could have done was just adopted whatever the budget was from the previously approved budget. And then they could adjust the operations budget, that 75,000 as they saw according, because that's the amount they control and then wait for the board of district judges to provide their budget and then just well, this, amend it to whatever that sounds silly. But when you say the judges, you're not talking about, the county judges, the board of district judges. Yeah, so we have district courts in the county. So this is this. These are actual judge judges. Yes, they are. Okay, so that's like yeah, we have district courts here. We have district courts you're, here. Like y'all's position isn't a judge judge, correct? And but you're talking about folks who are judge judges, correct? Okay, that's really that's that's where I kind of was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, so they're the ones that did that. So you, they're the ones that kind of control that side. They have con they have control of appointing the auditor, and they have control of everything in the auditor's budget, with the exception of the operations portion, which is what the the, the commission the overall budget control. basically. But the rest of the budget is what the district judges uh, put forth and approve. Okay, right. So so once they approve the budget and they give it to the commissioner's court, the commissioner's court essentially just adopts it. Yeah, because they can't change it. They don't have legal authority to change it. But they still need right. a signature. Well, it has to be in the budget. Yes, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But but that that approval of that particular line item, if you will, the board of district judges approves really that. Weird. The county just has to deal with it. That's weird. So But this is what's trying to keep independence in I mean, the whole idea behind this is is that there's independence from the auditor's office and what the county does. Okay. Right, because yeah. the truth is, the auditor's office should be able to, and and should certainly have the ability to identify and call out inconsistencies yeah, no and hold people accountable. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Okay, and now is this like this kind of issue? Like they they did reports in the paper and stuff. Overall, is this something that's more of just a nitpick, or is this more of like, hey, we got to actually look at this because this could potentially be an issue in the future or something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day. Uh, you know, legal authority, legally, you're authorized to do certain things. Yeah. And if you're overstepping your bounds, then somebody should. So this is reintroducing the let line. Let you know that you're overstepping your bounds, yeah. right? Okay. 
Uh, and it wasn't like anyone was rude. I mean, everyone was cordial about it. It's just it's just a point a point of order, if you will. Okay. That you know you have this authority. See, and, that's sexy. You know, if you're doing <laughs> this, you're overstepping your bounds. Yeah. And and we need to keep that line very clear so we can keep this independence between the two entities. Sounds I can't good. I can't imagine that's like what your day to day job is. That sounds horrible. But that's just me. Are you looking uh, forward to do, th- if you? Win, I don't think it's horrible. I mean, I mean, I look at this job as it, you know, this job has a, you know, if executed the right way, and and people understand that in executing it the right way, I mean, this job has a significant impact. On oh, I know, but it's just kind of like right. You get that phone call, hey, you're not allowed to be doing that. I'm like, and, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, lesson learned next. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the personal aspects of running for the position. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're listening to Mornings of Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com with Jay Stillberg for County Judge in the studio, folks. So we'll be right back. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org.
It is 1040 on the dot, 79 degrees outside. On Mornings with Lone Star, where Dick is still playing the music I chose today because <laughs> that's the kind of guy that I am. With my Spengali-like powers, I convinced Dick to keep playing. As I ask you, where were you September 13th, 1999? Golly. I know where I was. I mean, I threw this like big honking party and all my nerd friends showed up, and it was quite the geek blowout. I'm just saying. Because we, we made it. We made it through the moon breaking away. You gotta watch. I'm gonna send you. I mean, the how DVD. long did that show last? Oh, uh, at least two seasons. Oh man, sounds like a great show. Oh please, it it almost matched Star Trek in number of episodes. So there you go. I'm I'm gonna turn you on to it. You're gonna like right, it. Right. You are gonna like it very much. Anyhow, so we we still have Jay Stiddleberg in the studio. Jay Stiddleberg, uh, candidate for Montgomery County Judge. Uh, so we won't be able to marry you guys, but uh, the position does oversee. Jay, we, Actually, we, you do have uh, the ability to conduct you? marriages as the county judge. Because like a boat captain kind of thing. Awesome. Well, shut my mouth and call me shorty. Now I learned something new. <laughs> what do you mean day. you're allowed to do that? Like I could go take my fiance and you marry us or you give us the piece of paper? I can preside. The county judge can preside over a marriage ceremony. Okay. They, can, they can perform a marriage there they have That's authority right. there you go when when you finally cave in to, to all the grief that goes into planning a wedding and just elope like i did for number four best idea ever by the way uh just get hold of jay all right well you had you asked a question yeah. last segment jay so <laughs> let's move on the, the times you've been on we talked a lot about your uh jay's like why do i come here week after week <laughs> We we talked a lot about your you know your qualifications and yep. stuff and your plans for county judge but I want to get a little bit more personal sure. because, as, as Dick pointed out, you know, county judge, not sexy. Yep. There's not, you know, it's like when you're a nonprofit for certain diseases, you know, you can always raise money for starving children in Africa because you have the big wide-eyed kid. But mm-hmm. when it's, you know, Turner syndrome or something, it's it's not sexy. Right. Um, and there are no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Buzzwords. You know, there's no erect a wall, build a, build a bridge, you know, something like that. How, if I was running, yeah, this is a long uh, roundabout way to get to what I'm trying to say. If I was running, I would almost have to fight off the urge to dumb it down to reach voters. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people don't know what a county judge is, does, sure. has the authority for. So in your campaigning, what are you coming across? How are you trying to reach people to, you know, convince them? You Because know, you say, uh, you know, it's a partisan, partisan race, but shouldn't be mm-hmm. I, I guess so instead of a yeah. republican versus a democrat to have people think it's you know two people running for a position and mm-hmm. it's more an idea thing day-to-day campaigning what are you coming across how are you trying to reach people yeah so uh obviously day-to-day campaigning i mean we do uh we set up town halls uh on a consistent basis throughout the county and mm-hmm. and we post those events and anyone's invited to come to those events uh, obviously, if uh, organizations like tonight, the NAACP is holding a candidate forum at the Lone Star College on uh, 242. Um, so obviously, things like that that we're invited to, we certainly go. Uh, we want to give every uh, citizen of the county an opportunity to, to talk to me and ask me questions and, and hear my, you know, what I want to do for the county government. Um, we go door knocking. We're going to start again door knocking here very soon because we kind of took the summer off because it gets a little hot and we <laughs> don't need anybody passing out going door to door door knocking. So uh, that will come back into play doing canvassing of neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, we try to do this in a, a big effort with 
you know, the, the county Democratic Party and the other candidates so we can cover as much ground as we possibly can. Um, obviously, I do things like this. I, I come on here so I can, you know, people can ask me questions and I can hopefully answer them for them. Um, and obviously, when we go around and speak to people, the biggest question we get asked is they don't know what the county judge does. So it's good that we talk about that, right? And uh, you talk about, you know, dumb it down, if you will. You know, I, I think that's very important, right? So, some people like to hear the layman's version of what you're doing. You know, it has, and quite frankly, it may have nothing to do with their education level or anything. They're just like, can you dumb it down for me? Um, so, yeah, you, you want to make it as simple to understand as possible. And then there's some folks, that, the engineer types, if you will, they want to know the nitty gritty and give me, give me the big winded you know, dictionary terms. Right. Um, so you have to have the ability to do both. I mean, but at the end of the day, I, I, I try to say to people like this job is the chief executive officer of the county. It's an administrative job. You know, you are responsible for administering the business of the county, uh, making sure the county departments do their job efficiently for the best cost. You keep the budget as, as tight as you can possibly keep it. Um, and, and keep the county moving forward. We want to recruit businesses to come in and keep growing our county and growing the economy. Our population's going to keep growing. Nothing's going to stop that. So, you know, uh, so I want people to understand what the job is, right? Because everyone does think like, ooh, can you get me out of that traffic ticket? And I'm like, eh, it's not that kind of judge. <laughs> so, Dang it. <laughs> Uh, so it's important to be able to do that, right? And and I just try to relate to people. I mean, I'm a taxpayer in the county. I'm just a person too, right? I live in a house with my family and 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 my dogs, and um, I I care about the same things, right? So um, I I just try to convey that message to folks, and I try to get out there as much as I can and talk to as many people as I can to to get that message out. Nowadays, it seems that party lines equal battle lines, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I myself never voted straight ticket in my entire existence. I, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I, I go for the individual, and I don't think someone's party affiliation is the sum total of their existence. I agree. But in certain areas, and I'll throw Montgomery County in there, sure. you know, historically, you know, the party lines are drawn, battle lines are drawn. How are you informing them, that, you know, this really isn't a partisan issue. This is a, an issues issue. Yeah, uh, that's a great question because it's certainly true in Montgomery County. I mean, obviously, you know, the whole R versus D thing is very prevalent here, even though there haven't been a whole lot of Ds that have run in the last 30 years. Right. Right. So this is a whole new experience for a lot of people in this county to actually have contested races in the general election. Um but, it, you know, and, and of course we get this identity politics, which is in, infesting our politics on all levels today, where it's it's you're a Democrat. You know, this is the stuff I hear, by the way. You're, you're a Democrat. You're evil. You're for open borders. Uh, you want to take our guns away. Um, you name it. The typical types of rhetoric that we hear. Mm. And, you know, I just try to tell people, look, this job has nothing to do with that. As a county judge, I will never take a vote on taking your gun away. Uh, by the way, I have a license to carry in the state of Texas, and I would never want to take your guns away because I'd never take my own guns away. <laughs> um, but, but, but at the end of the day, I try to say, look, I, we don't. that's not what this job's about. I get the differences between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, some of the arguments I agree with, some I don't, obviously. But at the end of the day, this job, this job of county judge, has nothing to do with that. This job is about transparent, accountable spending of your tax dollars. That's it. 
We're not going to, we can't make laws. So we're not legislators. So we can't change the laws on those issues that divide Democrats and Republicans. So at the end of the day, which everybody has this concern in this county, if you think that there's a lack of transparency, a lack of accountability, a lack of integrity and ethics going on in our county government, then the way you change it is you vote for people that have spent their whole life living pillars of integrity, ethics, uh, in the military and in my civilian career. And, and that's how you do it. You never change it if you just keep voting for the status quo, right? And so the, so the message I try to send people is this, and that's why I say it's a partisan race about nonpartisan politics. I am a fiscal conservative Democrat. That's what I am. And people say, well, no such thing exists. Well, I challenge you that you're wrong uh, because I do exist. I'm here. Touch me, Skippy. Yep, I'm human. It didn't burn. I'm human. Uh, So, you know, and that's my message, right? I mean, we're going to disagree on things in politics because I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican. Absolutely. But in this job, if you're worried about how your tax dollars are being spent, then, you know, I encourage you to come to one of my events and listen to what I have to say because I think you might like it. So you're going to be today? Today. The NAACP okay. has a forum this evening at uh, the Lone Star College. I think it starts at either 7 or 7.30. I think it's 7.30. Um, I think it's uh, B102 is the room. I think that's what it's in. Um, and then again, actually, on Saturday morning, I think it's at 9.30, there's another open forum for, with uh, all the candidates, at least the Democratic ones I know are going to be there. And that's also being put on at Lone Star College um, at 9.30. And I think that's actually in the, th- the theater building. But uh, And folks, you can learn more about Jay uh, online at jaysittleberg.com. And spell it out for us. That's J-A-Y-S-T-I-T-T-L-E-B-U-R-G.com. Jay Stittleberg for Montgomery County Judge. And uh, pretty much everything you're talking about right here is all on their website. I always love going to political websites because it's, it's so hard to make it sound unique because it's, like, it's going to be like, yeah, we want to work for you. Duh. Like this. this is why it's so important to go – See and meet your candidates yeah. and talk to their face and ask them I questions. I am a guy. When I so go, important. When I go early vote, uh, I, I just stand there and wait for see which candidates approach me and give them all due attention. I'd like to take my daughter along, too, since she was way young for that very purpose, mm-hmm. too. See how they treated her. See how they, even if it's, you know, board trustee number 12. Yep. I'm asking what you know. What are your what's your platform? Mm-hmm. So not don't so don't, don't just vote, vote, vote educated. And uh, you're going to be coming back in the studio in a couple weeks. I will. So, folks, if you have a question between now and then, you know what to do. All you got to do is go to Facebook and look us up, Maureen's Lone and Star. A, and amazingly, early voting starts in 39 days. That's too, it's, less that's, than Lent. That's too far out to talk about. That's so. less than Lent. Think about it. So, uh, But, yeah, so you're listening to Maureen's Lone Star. It's 1051. We got to be wrapping up today's show. Already? So we want to say, a spe- yes, already. Jeez. Uh, we got to say a special thanks to the folks from the city of Conroe coming in talking about the Emergency Preparedness Fair happening September 18th from 3 to 7. Conroe Acti- uh, the Conroe Activity Center. It's free to the public. They basically want to sign you up at 9-1-1 or Smart 911 and things like that. And don't forget today, starting at 11 a.m., which is here in like eight minutes, is the 6th Annual Heroes Luncheon over there at uh, Questco. And for first responders, if you're listening, you can get free food and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be from 11 to 3 p.m. So more information, call Emily, 936-521-5714. And Jay, thanks for coming in and My answering pleasure. all our questions. So Always good to be here. I look forward to seeing you again. 
and learning more about what else we can do to improve this county from the county right. commissioner's perspective. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Today's show is brought to you by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Jay Stillberg for County Judge. Special thanks to those guys and uh, for supporting the show. And uh, just give me bye-bye. Bye, Dick. Bye-bye. Miss you. Bye-bye. <laughs>